0: Good morning, everybody. It's great to see all of you. We will see you here shortly as the lights come back on. But uh, today is a really, really special day uh, because we get to give a treasure, I mean a real treasure, uh, to Mexico and Central America. So I'm very, very fired up about that. If you're visiting with us today, I want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here. And I I have a treasure to give you today also. Uh, Whatever it took to get you here is going to be well worth it. Uh, and, and, and I believe you're going to get really inspired and fired up about uh, what we're going to talk about today. It's the closer of the treasure principle. And man, what a closer it is. Uh, part six. And if you want to go back and, and, and watch, uh, this, this series is all about dealing with our unhealthy attachment to money and possessions. It's been so, so helpful for me. It's got me thinking and planning and scheming and, and just viewing things differently. And if you want to go back and, and look at part one through five. In fact, uh, last week I got a chance to go and talk uh, at the, uh, uh, the Greater Long Beach Ministry. And uh, it was at 5 p.m. And they heard Treasure Principle 1. I just gave them a taste. And I said, you guys do whatever you want. If you want the rest, I'll send it to you. And, man, they, they were so moved by it. Uh, they want the rest. I said, I can't give it to you, but I'll give you the material and then your minister's going to have to do it. But uh, go to our website, Lighthouse COC. You can rewatch. you know, some of these things you're going to have to see again. You have to go over it. Uh, we've got the, the Quiet Time series that we're doing uh, on the website also. So incredible series, game changer, life changer for you. You can go back over it and, and look at it. Uh, today's title part six, we're going to be talking about this. Man's trash is God's treasure. Man's trash is God's treasure. Now, it's incredible how men, you know, they, they, they look at some things and they go, this is treasure. But this is trash. And it couldn't be a better, you know, description of this is this, this next slide I'm going to show you. You know, these, these uh, little gadgets that we all have made by what company? Apple. Do you know where they're made? Do you know where they're 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 manufactured? Anybody know? China. And they're manufactured actually. This company, it's called Foxconn. Do you know how many employees Foxconn has? One million. One million employees. Crazy, isn't it? The factory is like a city. It's gigantic. Uh, And they've got one million employees, and they are pumping out these gadgets as fast as you can buy them. Maybe faster. But there's a problem they uh, recently they've had a problem with their employees because uh, they're they're pushing their employees to work sometimes 35-hour shifts not in a week one shot a 35-hour shift could you imagine that and because it's so oppressive because it's such an intense environment They have these dormitories that are 11 or 10 to 11 stories and people are literally jumping off the building. They're so feeling so oppressed about their lives. They've had 17 suicides on this campus. And so, you know, the first initiative for the company, what they thought about is, Hey, let's put nets on the side of the building so that when people jump, we'll catch them. Isn't that compassionate? Isn't that incredible? Now, that was their first initiative. Then they realized, you know, we got to do more. And I think even Apple leaned in and said, hey, you guys got to do more than nets. So they hired counselors, and then they also uh, increased their wages. And they started to lean on them about the oppressive environment. But, you know, to think about a place like this to work, and they put all these nets all over the place uh, to, to keep people, to catch people in case they tried to commit suicide. But these are the people's lives. If you're one of the one million employees at, at Foxconn, how do you think you're feeling about the significance of your life? Trash or treasure? If you're feeling so miserable about your situation, you're saying, man, I'm feeling like trash here, and I don't even know if I should continue to live this life. And so today, I want, it's really, really important that all of us listen to this message. You say, well, I don't feel like trash. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. But let me, let me break it down for you. There's somebody near your life. Because it may be you, but it may be somebody close to you who is feeling insignificant about their value. Because they may have lost their job. They may have an oppressive job. They may have a, a, a dead-end job. They may be feeling like my life, my worth is nothing. And you, my friend, even if you're a guest here, can have a life-changing impact on their life if you would tap their shoulder and tell them the good news that Jesus wants to share with us today. Amen. And this isn't a frosting coated, this is, this is the gospel. This is the gospel according to Jesus. This is the best news that's ever been told in the history of mankind. And we need this. And I would even say for some of us who are followers of Jesus, we're we're trying to earn our way. We're trying to do the right thing. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you your your self-worth is something that you're looking at and you're going, well, it's defined by what I have, my job title, maybe some, some things that I've surrounded myself with. Is that really your worth? Because those things can be gone. And that's what we've talked about in the treasure principle is this whole idea of, you know, that things, things are temporary. And if you're going to base your life on stuff like this, boy, you're susceptible to change, significant change. And so that's what we've been talking about. So really want to encourage you to weigh in on what we're saying today. And, and, and today, the apostle Peter has some really great news. He wants to do an identity change for us who you were, and now who you are. So let's, let's listen to the Apostle Peter as he shares this letter with us and shared it with the, the churches of Asia Minor. He says, Christ is the living stone. People did not accept him, but God chose him. God places the highest value on him. So who is Jesus, according to God? He's up there. He's, he's, he's the highest, most valuable treasure there is Jesus. That's where God put Jesus. But what did men do with Jesus? They rejected him. We read on in verse 5, it says, You were also like living stones. Now he switched it, he's talking about you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's describing you. He says, You are also living stones as you have come to him. You are being built into a house for worship. It wasn't worship awesome this morning. You know, and worship what it is is worship. What it is for you, for for some of your guests here, worship what that means is is we're, we're lifting up God. We're so grateful for what He's done in our lives. We want to talk about Him. We want to sing about Him. We want to lift up His name, what He's done for us. It's so amazing. And you're building, being built into House of Worship. There you will be holy priests, and you will offer spiritual sacrifices. God will accept them because of what Jesus Christ has done not because of what you give, but because of what Jesus did for you. Whatever you do today is gonna be acceptable to God because of what Jesus did. We read on, verse six. In scripture it says, look, I am placing a stone in Zion. It is a chosen and very valuable stone. It's the most important stone in the building. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Verse 7, the stone is very valuable to those who, to you who believe. But for people who do not believe, the stone the builders did not accept has become the most important stone of all. So who is Jesus? This is old school architecture. They have what they call a cornerstone. And that cornerstone had to be so solid, so flawless, because the whole weight, if it went up, you know, Five, six, seven, eight stories, which is huge in those days. They had to have a stone. All the weight of that building would ride on that stone. So it had to be a very, 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 very solid stone. That's who Jesus is. Everything is riding on him. And he's a precious stone. And then we read in verse 9. And now he brings us in. But God chose you to be his people. You think you chose him. No, I chose Jesus. You didn't choose Jesus. He chose you. Right. See, because even if you had chose God, you couldn't have done anything about it. He would have said, and what? But the fact that Jesus died for us gave us the opportunity, and he literally, out of all the people, he chose you. And if you're a guest here today, he wants to you, for you to have that opportunity to be chosen by him. That's right. And I hope, I hope today you can hear what God feels about you. And he goes on to say, you are royal priesthood. Now, you see here in yellow, you are, you are, you are, you are. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people who belong to God. All of this is so that you can sing his praises. He brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Why the you are, you are, you are? Because there's an identity crisis in this world today, and it's very important that you listen to God and not listen to everything and everyone else out there. I hope that today you can get an identity change, a name change. Because this is what God wants to do with all of us. He wants to change who you are. He wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you a new identity. We read in verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. You were on the outside, now you're on the inside. Once you had not received, now this is probably the biggest one, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know what we need in this world? You know what I need? I need mercy. I need mercy. But the truth of the matter is, in this world, you can feel like things are not going the way you expected. As you look around, even as, you know, as I think about, you know, my responsibility as a minister, as a church and how we're doing as a church, and I go, oh, are we really, really making a difference compared to maybe other people, other organizations, other churches, you know, really. And there's sometimes I can look and I can see people struggling and I look in our church and I go, man, are we really making any change here? And this this whole thing that we saw about Jesus and how Jesus was highly esteemed, but let me give you the breakdown. When Jesus was running his ministry at the end of the ministry, there was something about Jesus that people didn't accept him. He was, in fact, rejected. They took the the Son of God and they rejected him. They treated him, who was, Jesus was God's treasure, his most valuable treasure. This is my son, my only son. They took his son and they trashed him. They beat him. They insulted him. They undermined him. Then they killed him like a criminal. See, Jesus, in man's eyes, it's trash. It treated him like trash. And you think Jesus didn't have an identity problem. There were days that he felt, is this really going to work? Is this really happening? Look at the way people. He, he identifies with what you and I feel sometimes. I am feeling rejected. And then he was killed and whipped and beaten and thrown into a hole in the ground. Now let's see what happens. And even, even after his resurrection, you know, Jesus only really had 12 followers. And what happened to one of them? Utter failure. You know, so there was 11 guys. And then after everything was said and done after his resurrection, how many people are left in the book of Acts in chapter 1? 120. It's not even a mega church. It's not even anything significant. It's just, it's just this little group, these little these people. Not very impressive, right? And you look at that from man's eyes and you go, hmm, man, that's kind of trashy, isn't it? But looks are deceiving. Because just a few days later, there was a special day, it was called Opening Day, the day of Pentecost, and on one day, bam! Holy Spirit intervenes, and there's this huge outpouring 3,000 people in one day join the church of Jesus Christ. So what was trash, what was trash now became what? To thousands of people became a treasure. See, what men see as trash in Jesus, God says, that's not trash. That's a treasure. And when people look at things from God's perspective, then everything changes. They understand, and when people lean in on Jesus, they go, Jesus is not trash. Jesus is his treasure. And that day, 3,000 people started following Jesus. But the same thing can happen to us, you know, as we think about, you know, this whole process. The same way the world may say to you, you're worthless trash. You know the worst thing you can say to somebody Worst thing you could say to them. You're worthless. You're nothing but worthless trash. You can't say anything worse to somebody. The reality is that many of us have had times where we felt like that. We came home from a night of, you know, what we thought was going to be fun, what we thought was going to be this really great time, and then the guilt and reality set in, and then you go home and you're going, man, what did I do? What am I doing? I hurt this person. I hurt this person. I let this person down. I am, I am failing. I am making such a mess. I thought it was going to be fun, and it's not so much fun. Perfect description of many of my weekends before I came to know Jesus. Lots of laughs, lots of good times, but then the reality set in. And then often I would sit down and just say, you know what? I'm feeling kind of worthless And then people come along, and then they judge you, and they say, you know what? I don't know if you're going to make it. I don't know if you're worth very much. And and the world looks at us, and you you may look at your mistakes and your failures and all the things that you've done, and maybe your job situation, you've got a dead-end job. You know, you high school students, you're graduating, but you haven't done it anything yet. You don't even have a job. If it wasn't for your parents, how's that feel? It's not good. Some of you don't even have a job. How'd you like that to be your identity? You're going through a season in your life where you, know, you, you, you don't even have a job. It's hard, the economy, and you're jobless, and you're taking, you're taking checks from the government. How does that feel? How does the world identify you in that situation? You're worthless. See, that's a world's message. That's how hard it is out there. Now there's the deception where a lot of people think they're somebody, why? Because they've got, they've got a great job, they've got a title. C-E-O. You know, people ask me, they say, hey, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a minister. Yeah, but what's your position? I'm a senior minister. I'm a a senior pastor. Wow. Impressive. Impressive. How would you like to go to an interview and say, well, I'm a junior minister. <laughs> right? Well, would, you, would you do that? I'm, I'm a junior minister. See, and this is a game we play, you know. Well, 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 and I've got this job and I've got this title and I'm making this kind of money and I'm driving this kind of car and I've got this kind of house. And, and the world uses all these games about titles and who you are to determine worth. But it can all be gone in a second. And then when you're retired, right, you're retired. And then you want to walk around and say, well, I did this and I did this. Yeah, but you're retired. (laughs) All that work, all that stuff that you did, you're retired, dude. How does that feel? Well, it may feel good because I don't have to go to work. But your identity, what are you doing? Your worth. Okay, I'm throwing it out there kind of hard, but the reality is this, is this is where we go. This is where we go. This is where we can feel in those dark days, or we can feel way up here because we're somebody really important, and I'm the, I'm the, I'm the leading salesperson in my organization. I'm the bomb. I'm, I'm, I'm the boss's favorite. And that can be gone in a second. And then the reality is you're trash. You're worthless trash. Here's what God feels about you. And this is the question that Moses wrote about. He says, what other nation is so great to have their gods near them as the Lord, the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him. See, because after all that worldly stuff, who are you on a spiritual sense? And God's saying. I think you're special. Amen. In fact, you want to know how special God feels about you? Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says... You, and this is how he felt about his people of Israel, people in the followers of Jesus in the new covenant are even more than this. Look what he says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Think about that. Of all the people, how many people we have in the earth today? Seven billion. Who's counting after six? That's a lot of people. Of all those people, he picked you. He gave you the shot. You say, well, that's not fair. It's not about fair. See, life's not fair. I'll break it down to you. God gives a lot of people the opportunity. But see, here's the problem. We want to blame God. The reality is Jesus came and he spread it. And because men look at things humanistically, they go, what? Jesus, who is he? He's trash. And then they go off and live their lives with the worldly value system. And they become trash. Or they become deceived about who they really are. This is who God, this is what God feels about you. You are his treasured possession. How do I know that? Because he sent his son to die for you. See, the reason why Jesus came was to to let you know this is the price tag that I put on you. All your failures, all the things that you've done wrong. I want to wipe them away. I want to take them away. All your mistakes, all your depression, all the things that you've messed up with. I want to take all those things and I want to give you a new name. My treasured possession. That's who you are. What if this became our identity? Here's a question for you. If you're a treasure, why would you want to live like trash? If you're a treasure, why would you want to live like trash? And see, this is what the scriptures do for us. Some of us think, you know, well, God has just given us rules. No, God is trying to help you live like a treasure. See, if you're a treasure and he's trying to change your name, he's trying to give you a new identity. If this is who he's trying to build, he's got to give you instructions on how not to be trash. Why would you run around making trash of your life? Why would you do that? Why would you involve yourselves in things that are going to bring you down, that are going to degrade you? Why would you want to think things? that are gonna make your mind trashy? Why would you want your relationships that could be so awesome, good relationships, solid relationships, loyal relationships, why would you wanna make them trashy relationships? So, well, I love her. Then why are you trashing it? Well, I love him. Well, why are you trashing the relationship? Why are you putting the cart before the horse? See, there's so many areas of our lives where we do this. We take our bodies, we take our minds, we take our careers, we take our families, we take our marriages, and we trash them. And all the while, God's saying, listen, you're my treasure. Let me teach you how to live like a treasure. Let me me take you from from the dirt. Let me wash you again and again and again. And let me lift you up here. Let me teach you how to be a treasure. Let me teach you how to be a king. Let me teach you how to be a queen. So if there's something nagging at you in your conscience today where you're feeling it pull, you know, I gotta stop doing this. Maybe it's a maybe it's a you know an addiction of some kind. Maybe it's a a bad situation that you're in. Maybe it's a it's a habit. Maybe it's something you're doing to your body, doing something to your life. You gotta ask yourself, why? When you're a treasure. this is so important for all of us and this is what God is trying to tell all of us this this scene here this treasure chest that washes in and God's saying you're my treasure I want you to imagine this for a second what if in church what if in church we looked at each other and said you're a treasure in fact, let's do this now. I want you to repeat with me, okay? Repeat it with me, okay? And, and you know, I maybe mean you're not into it, but do this, okay? Repeat after me. I'm not trash. I'm not trash. Some of you didn't do that now. Come on. Come <laughs> pr- work with me, okay? Work with me. I'm not trash. I'm, not trash. I'm, God's, treasure. I'm God's treasure. Way in the back. I'm not trash. Can't hear you. I'm not trash. I'm God's treasure. You can have, you can have a seat. People like to stand up. Hey, listen. Listen. What if you started to live what you just said? Here's the problem. You can't. Because our world is telling you you're trash. There's stuff going on that's making you feel like trash. God's trying to get this through your head. You're my treasure. And if you started to think this way, it could change everything. But here's the problem. In church life, You think, man, people in church, she should get along and and there should just be so, so much love and so much stuff. Even in church world, instead of being, hey, you know, you're God's treasure. Guess what we do to each other in church? You know, I appreciate Jake and Lucy. They came up here and, you know, they did the welcome. But, you know, Jake, I think he's full of himself. you know, and that Lucy. Nah. Not buying it. There's people in church that think that way. Why do they do that? Why do we do that? Why do we run each other down? In church. Here's why. You're not feeling good about you. So because you're not feeling good about you, you want to you want to pull other people down. This is how it is in the world. Okay? At work and people do this in the world all the time. They're not feeling good. They had a bad start to their day and they're walking in the work and you know, they spill their coffee and you know somebody cut them off in the way to where so they're angry. They're not feeling good about them. So guess what? They're going to pull other people down. We can do that in church. So it all starts with you. What do you feel about you? And God's trying to tell you this. You're God's treasure. You're my treasure. You're my priceless treasure. So let's do this, okay? We're going to do this. This is how I want it to be in church. This is how God wants it to be in church. Look to the person next to you and look them in the eye, like in the, in the, in the pupil of their eye. All right, look them in the eye and say, You're God's treasure. You're God's treasure. Okay. Thank you. Okay, how's it feel? Feels good, doesn't it? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Starting today, Starting today, I want you to do some brainwashing, all right? I'm going to brainwash you. God's trying to brainwash you like that foam there and just clean out your head with all the negativity and all the stuff. But you don't understand how I was raised. You don't understand what my parents told me my whole time when I was growing up. You're a failure. You're not doing this right. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. Today, we're going to change all that. And I want you to start thinking the way God wants you to think about yourself. And if you're a guest here today, this is how God feels about you, and he wants to change you. Well, I don't want to be changed. Okay, then. (laughs) But why would you want to live your life Like trash or like temporary treasure, like this fake treasure. Why would you want to live your life like fake treasure when you can be real treasure? Why would you do that? It's your decision. God's not going to force anybody into anything. But see, I want to be real treasure, I don't want to be counterfeit chocolate-covered aluminum gold coins. That's what they are, okay? I, I don't want to be that. And God doesn't want you to be that. So let's start being treasure. So today, this week, I want you to, to walk around and say, I'm not trash, I'm God's treasure. I'm not trash, I'm God's treasure. This is who you are. What are people in this world? They just don't know it. They just don't know it. And see, the gospel of Jesus is that good news. The gospel of Jesus. You want to know what Christianity is supposed to be. Gospel of Jesus is supposed to be good news. That's what gospel, gospel means. It means good news. And the good news is you're my treasured possession and I died for you. I'll die for you. To get you right with me, to get away all that stuff that's bringing you down. I wanna change you. I wanna teach you how to be treasure. I wanna teach your mom and dad. I wanna teach your kids. I mean, think about our children. They're about to stream in here here in a little bit for our service, and we're gonna give a treasure to Mexico and Central America. Think about your kids. How would you like to raise your kids? Not with narcissism and all the weird stuff, but I mean the good stuff. Here, you're God's treasure. You have so much potential. You're not trash. And let me just say this. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone define you by circumstance. See, that's the thing. Jesus wasn't defined by his circumstance. He trusted in God. He believed in God. So did the apostles. And that's how Christianity spread the world. And not only spread the world, took over the most powerful government in the world, toppled it on its head. And the gospel is still changing lives today. Amen. But the gospel is, you're God's treasure. So let's change our lives and live like treasures. Who are people? God, people are God's treasure and we just need to help them out to get to know them. So we did this, I'm not trash, I'm God's treasure and you're a treasure. Let me just say this, there is no other organization in the, in the world, not your job, no other organization in the whole world that is going to teach you what I'm teaching you today. There's no other organization in the world that's going to teach you what Jesus is trying to teach you other than the local church. The local church is trying to tell the world you are God's treasure. Now, not all churches will do that. But that's the church who we need to be. Don't you believe in the local church? Don't you think the local church should be in every country, every village, every Neighborhood, There should be a, a small group in every place so that people can go out and say, hey, I just want you to know, you're God's treasure. Amen. Imagine that neighbor who's just dragging in their marriage, and you hear it, the window's down, and you hear it, and you're going, oh, man, it's bad over there. Hey, just want to let you know, you guys are God's treasure. If you need any help, I'm next door. I just want you to know that. What if if the church did that? Why can't the church do that? And see, when it comes to our treasure, when we talk about giving, when we talk about offering up our our sacrifice, our money, there's no other organization that's going to teach people to live like treasures. See, and that's what we do week in and week out. Next week we're going to start talking about, you know, different things so we can live like treasures and be like treasures. That's what the church does. That's all we talk about. Either you're God's treasure or how to live like a treasure. Every week, every small group, how can we do this? How can we live like treasure? That's what we do. That's the breakdown. It's the local church. But let's be that local church. And it starts with us recognizing who who we are. Instead of why are we investing all this money on all these things, houses, clothes, clothes, cars the latest and greatest gadget the coolest vehicle it's all gonna go but what happens in here what happens in here is gonna stay it's eternal when we get on a god's plan and we we live like treasures he's gonna say what you invest in me is gonna last forever Amen. all this stuff all that it's gone that's the latest and greatest coolest call, uh, smartphone you can dump it in water. Isn't that cool? Don't you want one? How does that, how does that compare to this? See, and that's why, listen, that's why we ask you to give. That's what we want you to give. See, listen, I want you to understand something. We live in the most prosperous country in the world. And I know we got a bad economy, but I got news for you. This is the highest level of prosperity that's existed in humanity. This is awesome what we have. We are so blessed. We have so much extra money lying around. We get paid so much money. And here's what Paul says, what do you do with all that extra money? Here's what he says. Now, He who supplies the needs of the sower and the bread of the food will also supply and increase, not not just level off, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can what? Be generous on every occasion. Why has God blessed this country? So we can self-indulge ourselves, stuff ourselves have more and more and it's never enough. Why did God bless our country? Why did God bless our lives? Those of you who are followers of Jesus. Now I know some of you cynical people are in the audience and you go, "I knew there was a catch." Listen, I just want to make it really really clear with you. I don't want your money. Okay? You keep it. You keep it. You buy stuff, you do whatever you want with it, but me me, I want to invest my money. I want to invest my life in something that's going to make a difference in people's lives. And we work hard in this church to make sure that there's no funny business, no illicit things going on. We want to make a true difference in this world. So just, just so we, but why is God, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, why has God blessed us with so much? We can be generous. So take that extra. Take that extra. You don't need 100%. I don't need 100%. I can live on 80%. I think I can do that. I can live on 90%. But I want to live on 80%. I want to find a way. I want to find a way after this series. I want to find a way to live on 70%. Because Jesus promised me promised you that whatever we give to him, what's he going to do with it? 100 times he's going to multiply it. And he's going to invest in a portfolio that it can't be touched, it can't be decreased. There's no inflation. There's no devaluation. In fact, it's solid, rock solid. There's no rust. There's no, there's no nothing. I was just in Panama City this past week at a minister's conference The churches that we support. One of our ministers, he got ransacked. They cleaned his house out. Took everything. He has to start over. But here's what. He, here's a crazy story. He's got some neighbor friends who he knows through the school, who are followers of Jesus, and they 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 have a house, and they said, "Listen, we want you to live in our house. Pay us when you can. Don't worry about a deposit. Go move into our house." They were paying five hundred dollars a month in rent and their apartment that got ransacked. And now they're paying $500 a month for a four-bedroom house. It's a house. It's a nice house for Honduras. See, that's how God works. He turned, he turned a negative thing into a blessing. And then all these other people start showing up. Oh, you need a computer? A guy who runs a computer, Toshiba Cube uh, computers in, in, in Guatemala. He shows up and says, oh, you lost your computer? Here's a new one. Gave it to him. That's how God works. When people give their lives, he takes care of them. I've seen it over and over and over again. It may not happen right away, but it happened to him right away. See, this is what God does when we understand I'm a treasure and I want to invest in treasure. Today what we're going to do, just so you know, we're going to take up a collection for Mexico and Central America. Last year, this place, this is a city. It's a universe. It's a city it's a university, it's called UNAM, 300,000 college students on this campus. And they had no campus ministry last year, nothing. And we said, hey, you gotta have a campus ministry. What's gonna to happen to the next generation? They said, well, we don't have the money. I'll say, well, we'll since we're the most prosperous country in the, nation, in the world, we're gonna take some of our special missions contribution and we want you to set it aside so you can start a campus ministry. And they did. And here's some of the faces of the people that you've changed since last year. This is the small Bible discussion groups that they have on campus that meet every week. They're out there telling people, you're a treasure, you're a treasure. I know what the world's saying, but you're a treasure. This is a, this is a conference that they had. just had like 12 people to start. Then they had, you know, like 80 people come out to this conference. 35 brand new guests come 30 of which want to study the Bible. They've had five college students get baptized in the last four months. I mean, he's working. Let me show you a picture of one of the guys that got baptized. Edgar, you know, college student on his way. Now he's a treasure. And I lost track. Forget the the, the girl's name here. Uh, I forgot. I was supposed to memorize it, but I forgot. She's, She's... the one on the right, she, she got baptized, and now her mom and dad are studying the Bible and leaning in on following Jesus because they've seen such a tremendous, tremendous change. This is just the beginning. At one time when we lived in Mexico City, at one time, there were 400 members of our campus ministry. That's what I believe can happen again, if not more. Guess who jump-started it? You did. You did with your missions contribution. You may not get to see the faces of these people, but these are are their faces. They're they're just people like you. Young college students who need to know you're not trash. You're God's treasure and how to live like treasure. We get to support a 3,700-member church with these special projects in Mexico City. To date, from January to now, okay, they've already seen 100 people added to their membership from January to now. That's a hundred lives changed just from January to the end of May. A hundred people. That's a hundred people who were trash and now they're treasure. And that's just the beginning. We want to see even more and we believe they can do more. And you say, well, why can't they take care of themselves? Oh, they are. We're just helping them with special projects and we're helping them with their other 27 churches that are spread out throughout the Republic. So I want to encourage you today, when you give, maybe you didn't come ready today, hey, let's find a way this summer to invest in this contribution and invest. And and I want to tell you a story, because I I did a lesson, uh, I think it was Thursday, no, Friday, did a lesson on how to go through hard times in your life. It was just a practical step-by-step. There was a woman who was in the class, and there was probably 120 people in the class, and she came up to me, She said, thank you. And she gave me a hug and she didn't let go. She held on and she started sobbing, uncontrollably sobbing. And I said, there's some real pain here. And because of the lesson, she found some comfort. God is on her side and she's going to make it through. That's what we do. That's what the local church does. You know, when their world is upside down and people are in pain, the local church comes up and says, you're going to make it. And God is with you. He treasures you. He's going to help you. He's going to get you through. And he does. Because just like her situation, there's so many other stories of people whose lives have been transformed by what we do. So this is our last treasure principle. Treasure principle number six. This is the one you want to write down, okay? Along with, I'm not trash, I'm God's treasure. You can write that down too. Treasure principle number six. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but my standard of giving. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but my standard of giving. That's the way we need to start thinking. If you get a raise, you get a bump, you get something... You need to think about how you can give more, not how you can spend it and buy more. I know you got your eyes on that new thing. We all do. Doesn't mean you can't have it. I'm just saying, hey, it can't all be about all that stuff, right? Let's invest it in a place and people that it it will be eternal, that's gonna make a true difference in people's lives and families. What if every member of our church decided to give this way? And for you, brother or sister, who's a member of our church, if you're not tithing yet, I want to encourage you to start with tithing. Start with that. Okay? That's the starting block. And then look for a way to move your way up. That's me. I want to move my way up. And I know I can. I got to start looking at all the stuff that we're spending money on and go, is this really necessary when we're talking about changing lives? Let me figure this out. How can we give more so that people's lives can be changed? It's a whole new way. And before we take the communion and we let our our children in, there was a scene, an incredible scene in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in the town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. The jar of perfume was worth thirty thousand dollars. She broke it and poured it on Jesus' feet. What would make her do this? What would would make a woman get down on her knees and weep on dirty feet, clean those feet, and then pour perfume on them? Why did she do this? What we know about this woman, Mary, she was a prostitute. She obviously didn't feel very good about herself. Her worth, she was trash. Everybody looked at her, talked about her. When she came into the building, everyone said, that's trash. Jesus, how how can you let trash touch your feet? Why did she do this? Because Jesus said, Mary, you're not trash. You're God's treasure. Changed her life. That's why she did this, changed her life. Not only changed her life, her brother, Lazarus, his life got changed too. Not only did Lazarus get changed, guess who else got changed? Her sister, Martha. It changed the whole family. All because Jesus went to Mary and said, Mary, you're not trash anymore. Stop living like trash. Stop selling yourself. Stop giving yourself to men because they don't care about you. They're using you. You become God's treasure. That's who you are. That's Jesus. And how did he prove it to Mary? That she's God's treasure? He bled for her. And I love the scene in the the Passion, the movie, The Passion, because there's Mary, Mary, this woman, and then there's Mary, Jesus' mother, and they're on the ground and they're trying to clean Jesus' blood. Why would they do that? Why would they wash, try to wash Jesus' blood off the ground? Because Jesus' blood is so precious to them. And Jesus is so precious to us. And when we take the communion now, I want you to think about the precious blood of Jesus that changed you from trash to treasure. That's why we celebrate the communion. And if you've been living like trash this week, I want to encourage you to listen to what Jesus says. Stop doing that. Start living like treasure. Start living your true value. I love you guys, and I hope that this lesson series has helped you have a different perspective because, listen, we need to elevate our living, and we need to elevate our giving because this is what Jesus wants to do with his church. Let's pray for the communion. Our Father God, we thank you so much for changing our name. God, we were all a mess. We've done some really, really bad things in our lifetime. And I pray, Father, that you'll please help us to begin living like treasures and believing what you say about us. Forgive us for the times that we've let you down, that we've let other people down. Forgive us for being critical and negative of people around us, God, because we don't feel good about ourselves. I pray, God, that today, starting today, we can start seeing you as you see us and seeing ourselves as you see us. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his blood and his, his faith in us. Thank you that he died for us to give us a new start. I pray for our friends here or guests here, God, that you'll help them to lean in and, and, and to study the Bible and to get baptized and to get washed of all their sins and to begin a new life as a treasure. Please help them and bless them. And we pray for all those that are hurting in our church and in our communities, God, please help us to reach out to them. I pray you'll use our missions contribution that we're going to give today, God. We offer it up to you, and we pray that you'll increase it, that you'll blow it out, God, so we can just offer it up to our brothers and sisters in Mexico and Central America so they can change lives like they are. God, we lift up Jesus' body and blood right now. Thank you. We honor him and remember him. and pray in Jesus' name, amen.